If you're like me, um, you're not the best at praying. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, uh, I'm not the world's greatest prayer warrior. We've got some in this church. We have some people who are just, it's just their, their natural uh, modus operandi, the way they are, it's the way they breathe and think is, is in prayer. That's just who they are as people. A lot of us are not like that, though. Uh, if you're like me, prayer is honestly sometimes, maybe in a lot of the time, kind of a chore. I'll tell you when it's not a chore. It's not a chore when I really want something. <laughs> when I'm in, you've been there. You're like, oh no, this is, this terrible thing is going on in my life. And suddenly you're just like, Lord, I'm on it. You know, every, every second of the day is, is another prayer. And I, and, and if you're like me, you've been in those times in your life and you're like, okay, Lord, just get me through this one. I'll, I'll never be bad again. Uh, as, as soon as this is over, I'm going to be right back in it. I'm going to be the world's greatest prayer warrior. It's going to be just like, I'm never going to quit. And then you do. <laughs> I do. Uh, some, some, you know, your, your days are busy, right? You're like, oh, prayer, I'd love to be involved. But the thing is, I mean, have you, have you lived here in Southern California? Have you experienced what this life is like? You know, I, for me, it's, um, I'm fathering and husbanding. And now there's a new, new verb, I'm adulting. That's when you've, when you've said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to be an adult. I'm adulting. Uh, pastoring, teaching, writing. If I can, I'd like to do a little playing. And so you know, you know what it's like, uh, you know, Aaron's got the girls and they're having their bath, which I, I step out of. I don't help with that for the most part. So there's like this 45 minute period where I know they're going to be splashing. She's going to be getting them ready for the next day, setting out their clothes and all of that. And so I've got 45 minutes and I'm thinking, yes, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to kneel next to my bed. I'm going to fold my hands and close my eyes. And so then I pull out my phone and I start looking at my favorite blogs and the news and then I'm going to social media and then there's games, Clash of Clans, and I'm touching things and pressing things. And I'm like, Tom, no, you no, no, no. You've only got 30 more minutes. So I put my phone away, and, and then I, I pull out my PlayStation 4 controller. I turn on the TV, and I start playing 1080p. I mean, it's really beautiful if, you, if you've seen it, these games. And if I'm praying at all, really, it's kind of like I'm checking something off a list, right? Because I know God probably wants me to do it, and so I need to. And so i got to make sure that I just throw that in, fit it in. If you're in the church, if you've been in the church for a long period of time, you've probably experienced something like this. And if you're new to the church and, you know, Christianity is not your, something that you grew up in, you're kind of like, really? I mean, wh- why bother, right? I mean, God, he's like, God, he knows everything. Do I really need to be involved in, in all this prayer? What if, what if prayer were so engaging, so enlivening, so compelling a part of our lives that we wouldn't want to miss it? What if it were something that was honestly such a, a powerful and exciting and passionate part of life that, that we, you know what, it's better, honestly better than looking at Fox News or the Drudge Report or MSNBC or Huffington Post. Even better, I know it sounds incredible, but even better than Facebook or Instagram. What if prayer could be something like that? Well, I think it can. I think that Paul actually has a theology of prayer that's like that. I think our issue is not that it's not out there. It's that we misunderstand what prayer is, what it's meant to be. And so I, I, b- before we um, look at um, the, the text, or, or, do you want to do the text? Let's, we'll do the text. We'll hear what Paul says, okay? And then we'll start to think behind it 
a little bit and kind of see what, the way he thinks about prayer. And then we'll jump back into his text and, and see if we can pull out some nuggets for how we can engage, how our prayer life could actually become something so compelling and engaging that we wouldn't want to miss it. This is from Ephesians six eighteen to 20. Paul says, Pray always with every kind of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And, and you know what? Pray for me. That utterance, that words might be given to me, that, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, when I first read that this week, it's, it was like, oh, boy, I don't know if I can do that, Paul. Like, like I said, I mean, it's, it's Orange County, buddy. Uh, in order to put food on the table and in order to be, you know, a decent family guy, in order to do the stuff I think I'm supposed to do, I can't fit all this in, Paul. I can't fit it in. And because I, I know that I'm supposed to do it, it's this thing I've got to do, but it's just hard to, to figure out how I'm going to. Well, if we step back, Paul, Paul is a Jew. Paul's, he'd even studied with um, some famous rabbis in his day. And we know from reading his writings that Paul was soaked in the Old Testament, what we think of as the Old Testament. For Paul, that was just the Bible, because there was no Old Testament when Paul was writing, or there was no New Testament when Paul was writing. So for him, the Bible was the Old Testament. And if you're reading his writings over and over, he, he, he quotes to and alludes to what we think of as the Old Testament, because uh, that's his scripture, that's his Bible. And he knew it better, better than, than, than we could possibly know the Bible. I mean, he was just, he was like an encyclopedia of scripture. And one of his favorite things, his favorite places in scripture to quote is the Psalms. Uh, by, by far and away, that Paul uses the Psalms more than any other part of the Old Testament. He's always thinking with the rhythms of the Psalms, thinking about how the Psalms speak. And it's interesting, Psalms were Israel's prayer book, right? It was just a collection of all of Israel's prayers to God and, and hymns, because a hymn, really, it's just, it's just a prayer set to music. I mean, that's what we're doing. You know, when we're singing, we're, we're praying. And so Paul, he's, he's, he's loaded up on the Psalms. It, it's thick. Let's see, let's hear a little bit about what the Psalms say about prayer when they're, when they're sort of thinking about prayer. Here's uh, from Psalm 145. The Lord is close to everyone who calls to him, to all who call to him sincerely. Close. It's like when you call out, it's like God, God starts out out there, right? And then suddenly he's right next to you, right near you, with you, part of your life. Uh, in Psalm 118, when hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. You've been there where you're in a, in a, a, whatever's going on in your life, it's pressing in, right? And it's squeezing you. And when you speak out to God, suddenly it's like the room opens up. And there's a space for you to breathe. A space to be. By the day, the Lord directs his love. Yahweh, God, directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. It's, it's this thing that sits with you, and, and words about God are a song that, that, that's in your heart, a melody that kind of pictures the way you see the world, so that God is a part of it. He's, he's the, 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 the day and the night for you. He's there all the time. Uh, and, and elsewhere, and here's the Proverbs. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. He's far away from most people because they're not thinking about him. They're not praying. But, but with the righteous person, the just person, he's right next to you, holding you. And then in, in Hebrews, let us then approach God's throne of grace. When Glenn uh, prays, he always says, let's be mindful that we're about to enter the throne room of God. 
Like God's right there and we're right in front of him. He's seated there and, and we're given access. And, and Hebrews con- continues, so that we may receive mercy and find grace. We, we go in with confidence to receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We go through life and we, we have all these things that we just need someone to be merciful. We need someone to be gracious. And that happens, that moment that that happens in your day is in prayer. If you're, if, if, if you're Paul and you're thinking about what prayer is like, you have to say that it, it's not even something that's optional. In, in fact, it, this is the first thing in our note sheets, prayer is essential nourishment for the inner being. It's essential nourishment for the inner being. You're, 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 you're here, right? And, and your soul kind of locked up in this body, this inner being, right? And you're walking around the world and you're alone. And yet, and yet you're, you're always wanting to be connected to what's real, what's true, and what's good, and what's beautiful. And that happens, the moment that happens is when you open up in prayer. And this fills you so that you're not alone in the world, so that you know that God is with you. And this is like eating. You are in the world starving for connection to the real truth about the universe, the real God of the universe. That's how you exist. And and, and the, the moment that you pray, when you open up in wonder to this God, that's like taking a bite. It's like eating. You need to know that God's with you. And just like eating, this is essential. There are no people who do not pray. This may surprise you. You might think the atheists don't pray. Pray Wrong. Prayer is any time, any time, that you begin to open up to what's, or whoever is really out there. Now, I agree with you, the atheists, when they do this, and they do, trust me, I have atheist friends, I've talked to them about it, they do. They don't think that there's anybody listening. But boy, do they call out. Boy, do they want to be connected to what's beyond. Of course, you've heard there's no atheists in foxholes. Well, yeah, because there's going to come a point in your life where you need to know that somebody's looking out for you, that someone's on your side to be connected to that being. And when you do, it's like this starving inner being is, is taking a choice morsel, just a little bit, and getting fed. There's a problem, though. And the problem is, is that human beings, in our natural state, we tend to not want uh, to, to do this a lot. We, we kind of want to stay here, and we only go there when we're really scared, really worried, really need to get something, and that's when we go out. And so, as a result, we want something easy, convenient, one and done, quick and finished, and then we can move on with the rest of our lives. If you, if you think of, of prayer as a meal, right? If prayer is a meal, that's, that's, when you, that's fast food. That's fast food prayer. Uh, yeah, this is what I do, so um, I, I need to, to uh, 15 minutes in between meetings, just roll down to McDonald's. Um, you've done this. When I was a young uh, person, when I was a young uh, kid, uh, my buddy Jeff introduced me to the glory of hot mustard. Have you, have you tasted this? It's like, it's the ambrosia of the gods. I, it's hot and it's mustard. Oh! And, and when you get those, the 10 piece, the golden nuggets, I mean, oh boy, dunk, dunk, dunk. When I was a little bit less in control of some of my eating, my, my, my deal was that number 10, that's uh, large size 10 piece nuggets, big fries, Diet Coke, of course. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then just to top it off, a little double cheeseburger right on the side, just to finish it out. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. So then I have 15 minutes. I have 15 minutes. I'm scarfing this down. I'm listening to the radio, flipping through my phone, and then it's done. I move on. Right? That's my, that's my meal. That's my prayer meal for the day. 
right? And that's kind of how we think about prayer. We just got to finish it and move on and get done and, and, and be done with it. That's the second thing in your note sheets. Our default mode as human beings is prayer is fast food. Fast food prayer. Finish it. Hurry. There's so much else to do. And the thing is, look, I don't want to knock fast food, all right? I don't want to knock fast food prayer. I would rather that we're all having fast food prayer than no prayer at all, okay? So if you're sitting there and you're like, I haven't prayed in years, like, go to McDonald's, get the 10-piece nugget. It's going to get you the calories you need, more in fact, and you're, and you're, and you're going to be connected, okay? So don't, don't, don't knock that. Don't knock that. But, 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 as we see with Paul, there's something better Okay? There's a better kind of prayer out there than just, I gotta finish this and get it done. If, if that, if that kind of quick squeeze it in, check it off the list type of prayer is fast food, then the prayer that call, that Paul is calling us to is a sumptuous feast. A sumptuous feast. The prayer that Paul calls us to is a sumptuous feast. We're in the holiday season, so we know about what, what this looks like, right? Maybe you've been to a Thanksgiving feast. Maybe you're looking forward to a Christmas feast. And think about the difference between that kind of meal and your 15-minute drive through at McDonald's. Let's listen again to what Paul says, um, and, let's, and let's try and hear it. As a sumptuous feast. Paul says, pray always with every kind of prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The very beginning there, he says, pray always. Uh, New King James has praying always. Uh, New King James doesn't quite follow the way that that Paul's uh, thought goes and he tries to keep this as part of one long sentence, but really he's beginning a new thought right here. But the idea is always Always, when you go to Christmas feast, is that like, you know, a 15-minute thing, or is that like an all-day thing? I don't know what Christmas is like for you, but it used to be kind of a, like, three-hour thing. We just finished it. But now I'm married, and uh, bless the Egertson family. I mean, it is start to finish. Your whole day is Christmas. The feast begins probably before you wake up, and it ends long after you've gone to sleep. It is a real, serious unending marathon of a feast. I mean, it's unbelievable how we do it. Because you, don't, you can't just fit it all in. You can't fit in everything that needs to happen in a feast in just a quick time. In fact, it's an all-day deal because you, you have to have time to connect with people. You have to have time for the presents. You think presents aren't part of your feast? Wrong. Feasting is celebration. Presents are part of it. And, 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 the, and the connecting with people, that's part of it. Paul says pray always, always, constantly. Elsewhere in the New Testament, he says pray unceasingly, at every occasion, at all times. He uses all kinds of phrases like that to describe how much prayer should be a part of our lives. In fact, if you take him seriously, prayer cannot be reduced to that moment that you set aside and kneel down and fold your hands and pray for 42 seconds. That is not prayer. For Paul, that is prayer. That's a little bit of prayer. Prayer, prayer for Paul is all day. It's constant. It's full. It's, it's not something you can fit into a little minute or two, or even 15 minutes, even two hours. It's bigger than that. It's something that's constantly happening when you're doing it. It's because you are attentive to what's going on in life and everything that's happening is in, you're inviting God to be a part of it. Everything. 
it's, it's not, I'm going to focus right now and do my praying. That's important, and there is a, a place for that. But constant prayer, at every time's prayer, unceasing prayer, is an invitation for God to be a part of every aspect of your life. To fill it up. Then Paul says, he says, uh, every kind of prayer and supplication. I think New King James has all prayers and supplication, but really it's an idiom there, and he's talking about every single kind. I told you, 10-piece nugs, nugs, that's the shorthand for nuggets in our house, nugs. Nugs, the large fry, the double cheeseburger. Same thing every time, too. I mean, that never change, you know? I'm not going to go and mix it up at McDonald's and ruin it. Okay, I know what's good, and I'm going to stick with it. And then you walk in, right? The candles are lit. And the spread is unbelievable. I mean, you look at, look at my meal, right? The, the, if you've seen a double cheeseburger, it's like kind of tan. And then those nuggets are like tan orangish. And then the, the fries are yellow. I mean, it's kind of like a fall theme on my plate when I go to McDonald's. Imagine your Christmas feast. It's like there's green stuff, spring green, there's blue things. How are, who makes blue food? I don't know, but it's there. It's, and, 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 the, and the turkey, it's kind of orange with like a little black crust, but the oven burned it just a little bit to make it crunchy. I mean, they're, they're, and every single type of flavor too. There's sweet, there's sour, there's bitter, there's savory. The Japanese say umami, the, 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 the unification of all the flavors. It's all there on the spread, and it is a delight. It's delectable, it's extravagant, it's, lo- it's lavish, it's sumptuous. It's every single type of food is available to you. Every single flavor, and it's all woven together, and it is amazing. If you're listening week in, week out, when Doug gets up and does the pastoral prayer, he does the Acts thing, if you've heard of this. It's adoration, A. Confession, C. We skipped that today because I told you to confess before Lord's Supper. He didn't forget. That T is thanksgiving. S is supplication. These are all different kinds of prayer that you can offer up to God. So that when, when, when Doug gets up here for the pastoral prayer, he's modeling that. Because when, you, when you're real great, constant, unceasing prayer is going to be variegated variegated. It's going to have all sorts of different things because you're going through your day and every part of your day you're inviting God, asking God to be a part of it. And so, you know, that sunset, Lord, you didn't, you didn't have to do that today. You know, or, or uh, that dark thing that you know about yourself that nobody else knows and it, and it rises up and you invite God to be a part of that. Say, God, I don't like this part of myself, but I know it's real and I want you to, to help me deal with it. Or that, that moment where you recognize that God's been exceedingly good. And then that little thing that you weren't sure was going to work out, and it does. And God, I praise you. I'm forgiven. God, you are incredible. You're on the water. And there's a moment where the waves are just right. And you're like, I have been given more than I know what to do with. God, thank you. You're a part of this. You've made this possible. God, I got a lot of issues right now, and one of them is we need this thing for our family right now. Please. When every aspect of life is deep and you're present and you're attentive to it, there's a variety of prayer that's woven in and out of our lives. And, And the flavor of prayer deepens our experience of life. We start to see God being a part of the world more than we recognized before. Friends, we're in a world where we're encouraged to think that God's not a part of it at all. That it's just physics. 
that it's just cause and effect. It's just what I do and the, and the responses and the reactions. Prayer is the moment where we, we deepen that and we, we press against that and we say, no, God, we're, inviting to, we're invite, being invited to see how you're a part of this world that we're living in, that we're interacting with, how you are engaged in things. And, and if we start to be attentive to that, we start to realize that God is good and that what he is doing is incredible in our lives. And that, and that moment where you finally get to a point where you can say something like this. God, thank you for that cancer. Because I never knew who you were until I walked through it with you. That is a profound place that people I know have been to because they soak everything in God's presence. And they taste every kind of interaction with him. They open themselves up to him in every way, every moment. And they enjoyed the entire abundance of the feast of prayer. Paul says these supplications, right? He says every kind of prayer and then supplication. A lot of people will tell you that uh, you shouldn't spend most of your time in prayer asking for things. Nonsense. Are you crazy? Look at what Paul does here in this text. He says, he says every kind of prayer and supplication. Supplication is fancy old English for urgent request. He says every kind of prayer and urgent requests. And then, and then he goes on to, here's something, I need an urgent request. He says, and for me, that the words may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Paul's in jail right now. We talked about this in the youth group. He's an ambassador who are, you know, ambassadors are supposed to be free to go wherever they like, to tell, to represent their government. Paul's in chains. He's worried that if he says the wrong thing, someone's going to cut his head off. He's like, I need help. Please, help. If you are worried that you're asking for too much from God, don't. I give you freedom to, to ask as much as you like. And it's not just me, it's the scriptures. One-third, fully one-third, 33% of the Psalms are someone asking God for something. 50% of the Psalms are included in that is God is someone asking God for something. Half of the Psalms include requests. 50%. You walk in, you look at that beautiful spread, right? And there's some green bean casserole, which I love. A wedge salad. I'm not a huge fan, but I know people who like them. And then, but, but what is right at the center of the... It's that big, fat turkey. And right next to it is a big, fat ham. And right next to that is a big, fat prime rib. And for those of you who are vegetarians, a big, fat cube of tofu. And you're like, touch it, and it wiggles. I'm not knocking tofu. It's awesome. Okay, maybe a little bit. The, the centerpiece, that thing that draws us to prayer, it's urgent requests because our lives are not complete. We need help from God and he encourages us to come to the table, enjoy the protein. This is the red meat of prayer is asking God for things. Grant my request. Every single time Paul talks about prayer, he's like, yes, he talks about thanksgiving. He talks about praise, but he always includes requests. The Bible is constantly filled with people asking God for things. Never think you're asking for too much from God. If it matters to you, it matters to him. And you need to be open and honest and exposed before him about what you need. I'm the kind of guy, I'm like, well, you know, I really, I should be able to take care of that on my own. I don't know if I should really bother you with that. What, because he's not listening? Because what, he, he didn't notice? How small is God if you're not bothering him? 
with, you know, the little things. Instead, be open and free and ask. And then see what happens. If you don't ask, where's the miracle going to come from? So you got your red meat. There's a variety of foods. And then Paul says, in the spirit. He says, you got you to pray in the spirit. A lot of times we think that praying in the spirit means being like really emotional with our prayers. Uh, and, and, and I like that. I like, I like moments of prayer where I'm like, oh, I'm really close and connected. But really being in the spirit just means that the spirit is guiding and inspiring inspiring your prayer and empowering it. A prayer ought to be inspired. It shouldn't just come from you. It really needs to come from the Spirit. How does that happen? That's kind of weird. Do I, I'm like walking along and then it's like the Spirit's like, bing, pray. Almost. Almost. It's something like this. If we're praying all the time, right? And we're enjoying every single kind of, of, of prayer that's available to us, right? And we're being super, we have to be super attentive to what's going on in the world, what's going on in our lives, the circumstances of things that are happening. And in the middle of that, we're going to start to be prompted. We're going to start to be like, I wonder, I wonder how God could be involved in this. I wonder if this really is a moment where I need to, to ask him for something or, or praise him for something. Those, those promptings that you get are inspiration. Because you're attentive, God speaks through the Spirit to you, and you begin to hear, and you begin to see that there's something deeper, thicker, and wider going on, and you participate in that through your prayer. That is prayer in the Spirit. And that's how we start to speak kind of in a dialogue with God. It's not just me being like, but it's also God speaking back and, and, and attuning us to the way that he runs the world. So prayer should be constant. Uh, it should be variegated. It should be inspired. Paul said, he goes on, he says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance. Being watchful. I don't love that word. It's really the, it's the word really for passing a sleepless night. Probably some of you have had this. Usually because you're worried about your health or your finances. Um, you're worried about your kids. And you can't sleep. Because it's so heavy on you. That's that word, being watchful, alert. A sleepless night. Prayer should matter so much that it's like you can't, you can't avoid it. That word perseverance, really a really particular devotion. Devotion to this thing. You go to your, uh, you go to your, your feast. You're walking into the feast room. I mean, imagine it, right? There's a couple of candles. Forget the feast. Look at this place. Did you guys notice this? I mean, Jeannie, Colleen, uh, Leela, Bill Hinckley Jr. Uh, who was here who helped with this? Yeah, Bonnie, Jerry, my mom. Str- I mean, everybody here, everybody. Was- I don't think Steve Livingston's here, but he built those trees that are made out of wood. I mean, what kind of, that guy got, he has so many skills. We, gotta, we really got to abuse that, take advantage of that. Yeah, if you volunteer for anything, look out. I'll never stop using you. <laughs> yeah, this sort of happened, right? I, I came in one day and I was like, oh, sweet, this all happened. Neato. You go into your feast and, and there's the, 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 the candles and, and, the, and the trees and the lighting and, and the, the china and it's all arranged and it's beautiful. That didn't just happen. That didn't just come into being. That, ma- that happened because somebody, somebody thought this matters and I am not going to mess it up. 
I am going to be attentive to every single detail. I'm going to lose sleep. I'm going to pass a sleepless night. I'm going to have particular devotion to making sure this feast is perfect because it matters. This is worthwhile. Friends, do we or do we not agree that when we are praying, we are communing with the God of the universe? The God of the universe. The one who created all things. The one who from eternity chose every single person in here and gave you a destiny, delivered you by the blood of his son Jesus Christ, sealed you for all eternity to have communion with him. That's the God you're talking to. You're like, oh yeah, God, um, I need a few things. Uh, here's my, my, my grocery list. I wonder if you could just take care of this, 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 and this. Oh, you can't? Well, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Really? Or is it something like, I really want this to be right. I really want this to be good because when the people come in, I want them to be blown away by the attention and care I have given to this thing, this feast that I'm having. And that requires planning. It requires work. It requires intentionality. Intentionality. That's what it is. This word, it gets thrown around, intentionality. I didn't even know what it meant. But I, I heard it in context enough that I started to recognize when people say be intentional about something, what they're saying is act like it matters. Act like it matters. Act like this is life and death and attend to every single detail so that it's all just right. In our prayer lives, that means things like planning it out. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second, what that could, could look like for us. But it means recognizing this is something holy, something sacred. We really are, as Glenn always reminds us, approaching the throne of grace. God is really big, and he is really loving, and he deserves our best. He deserves perfection. We can't give him that. But good news, he gave it to himself on our behalf in the gift of his son, and when we trust Jesus and have faith in him, our excellence, our mediocrity, our whatever we give is transformed into perfection. So don't think that you've got to be the best prayer warrior ever. But, I mean, when the Israelites were making that temple, did they just, like, go into the, the closet and be like, oh, I don't really need that anymore. We can throw that in the temple. Or did they get the best precious stones, the gold, the silver, the gems. They went and got their best artists to come and fashion the most incredible experience because it mattered to God. And it mattered to them to do it right. Your prayer is sleepless and it's devoted because it's intentional. And the last thing he says, it's for all the saints. All the saints. It's like, you know, I, I got 15 minutes, so I drive through. I'm sitting in the car. I'm, there's some, someone's on the radio. Turn them up, turn them down. Oh, like that song, you know. Not a soul in sight. I'm all alone. You walk into the feast, and there in front of you are friends long lost you haven't seen in years. Family members that live so far away, but they, they made it, you know, they came. And boy, isn't it great to see them again. And it's, you know, your spouse and your kids, and your grandparents. Everybody's there. And that's what makes it great, right? Isn't that what makes it so meaningful, so powerful, is that you're at the feast together. 
And you're spending time over the food, and, and as, as you start to, you know, that second or third plate, when you're really starting to feel it, uh, that's when the laughter begins, right? And the tears, as you're connecting with people again, and you're like, man, I wish I could do this every day. You can. That's what prayer is where you're invited to be a part of a community of saints. Now, when Paul's talking, he's like, to the Ephesian church, this is something I do want you to do corporately. And we do that. You know, Doug leads our pastoral prayers, and when we have meetings, we pray together. And when we meet and greet, we pray together. That does happen. But it's also, when you're, when you're by yourself, you invoke the people that you love, that you care about, in your prayers to God. And they are, by the power of the Spirit, present to you. Because God, does, distance doesn't matter to him. And you're united as a people. Prayer is communal. It's meant to be teamwork. Team space work. Teamwork. It's not just solo time. All right, let's just say you're buying what I'm selling. Prayer, okay, prayer is supposed to be constant, variegated, inspired, intentional, communal. Whew, tall order. Don't, don't blame me, Paul. I'm just telling you what he said. It's his fault. That's a tall order, Paul. How am I going to do that? How can I make that happen? Well, you may have heard in the past of prayer journals, okay? Uh, usually what a prayer journal is, is it's focused on the, on the granting requests, urgent requests thing. And so the idea is like you write out um, the different things that you're praying for, and you have a line in the middle, and then you wait, and as they're answered with a yes, no, or maybe, you kind of write that down. You begin to see kind of how God is interacting with you as you're praying, right? I want to suggest that's a great idea, and if you want to do that, go for it. But here's, here's a, a, something a little bit different, but, but related. All right. I, I, I had uh, Jeannie and Colleen um, order 25 of these. So this is one. I think there's 24 more. Prayer journal. If you're, if you're feeling like, I'm starving here. I need some of that nourishment you're talking about. I want to give it a shot. Well, here's your chance. And, and instead, of, instead of just doing your, your request, imagine, imagine what it would be. So you take, it's only going to take you about 46 seconds. Maybe two minutes, depending on how you want to go. But 46 seconds to two minutes, somewhere in there. You open it up, and instead of, instead of just the, the, the things that you want or the things that you need, those two, but, but instead you're thinking about trying to make prayer something that's constant, variegated, inspired, intentional, and communal. You're, you're, you're thinking about all the different things that you would like to be attentive to in your life that you would like to invite God to be a part of. All the things that you want to invite God, everything. I don't care if it's the weather, that matters to you. It's your finances, that matters to you. It's your relationships, that matters to you. It's your work, it's whatever it is. Whatever part of life you want to invite and be intentional about having God be a part of, list it down. 46 seconds. That's all it takes. And then, at the end of the day, you can look and say, wow, I invited God to be a part of something I am so ashamed of that I can't admit it to the people who are closest to me. And he was present to me, and I heard his voice in that. I invited God to be a part of something that I needed so much. And I saw him in that. I invited God to be a part of something that, frankly, I didn't know he could be a part of. And he was. That's your prayer journal. I think uh, they're in the back um, in a basket, totally anonymous, take a one, don't. If I've got 24 uh, left, I'll, you know, sort of in the middle of the week, find the people that I think are doing a bad job, and I'll be like, here you go. <laughs> don't worry, I'm the one who's doing the worst. I'm not yelling at you. I'm impl- implicating myself. 
Friends, I really truly believe that when prayer becomes a rhythm, a practice of something we do throughout the day, when we really do sample every single course, when we really are inspired because we're attentive to, to the world to be a part of it, when, when we really are planning and focused and intentional about what can happen in life when we invite God to be a part of it, and when we really are communal, inviting every one of the saints to be a part of what we do, I believe, I believe that our prayer lives could be even more compelling than Facebook. Let's pray. Father, I confess to you that I am not the person of prayer that I should be. But God, I also confess that in your Son, I am made whole, I am empowered, I am righteous. God, you have been so good. You are so big. You are so wild and mighty. You are the saving God. You are the creating God. You are the finishing God. You have done all. You are Alpha and Omega. You are worthy of our attention and devotion throughout the day, every day. God, show us how to be people who pray unceasingly, who are so moved and engaged by being with you and acknowledging you and listening to you and speaking to you that we are like those who participate in a lavish, extravagant, sumptuous feast. Give us prayer that is full and robust. And let us listen to see how you respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.